Party Time Tone. The man, the myth, the legend, John Shaft is in the building. Money Bad Mike and TR. Fellas, it's another week. We here again. We come this evening <laughs> to gather the people. <laughs> To spread the good news. <laughs> how y'all feeling? Party time. How you feeling, brother? I feel good, man. I feel good. It's been a James Brown feel good. It's been a good, yeah, man. It's been a a good week. We back, you know, back to work. You know, you got a job? Yeah, man. Tommy out here. That's all I thought you was, man. You probably uh, nah, you ain't Tommy. Hey, hey, he's John Shaft Will. He out here like old dude off. Uh, Baby boy, he's selling dresses. He's suing Mike DeWine. That's right. We're here in Cincinnati, Ohio, for our, for our listener. He's suing Mike DeWine so he can go into the hair's places and sell But dresses. he down there, but he playing Madden with Do Dirty in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he doing. That's what he telling. <laughs> How you feeling, John Shad? Man, I'm good. I'm marvelous as usual, man. Another day. You know what I'm saying? Bub Brown is a good one. Okay, you know, oh, he hit him, he he him with the Joe. He don't, they don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know. But listen, y'all, we so we so appreciative of you guys continuing to join us um, each week. It's a new week, episode six. If you haven't got a chance to get caught up on the rest of the episodes, please do. It looks like time is going by so fast, but we're enjoying um, this ride, and we're so glad to have you on this journey with us. We got a great show for us. Tonight, so we're going to dive in to this segment that we call um, Rant. You know what I'm saying? We just go around the table and we just give our rants. We're going to see who want to go first tonight with their rant. I'll go first. I got a rant against... No choice. I got a rant against people and they dogs, man. <laughs> <laughs> so two two rants. Talk, talk to them. I hate going in a restaurant and I'm sitting down about to eat. And somebody come in there with their dog, and then they bringing the dog in to sit down and eat, though. Touching the dog. Bro, I was at the burger spot the other day outside, bro. The lady had her kids. She got up to go to the restroom. The kids touching the dog, grabbing their burgers, everything, though. It was it was disgusting. Wild COVID going on. Wild COVID going on. It was terrible. Yuck. Then... People with dogs and they ain't walking them on a leash. Y'all should have oh seen. Y'all should have seen Big Al run the other day and hop in his, hop in his, hop in in the passenger side of the car. So for, for you guys that don't know, me and Party Time, we work at the same school. We're not gonna say the name of the school that we work at. You know what I'm saying? But we work at the same school. So we kissing styles, kissing styles, and we walk into uh, the cars. I say, man. Them dogs ain't no leash. This dude dipped, bro. Oh, no, I did not his dip. car was the first car in the parking lot. So he dipped. So he's like, Al, don't be scared. So I'm going to my car, right? And and I get closer. I say, this dude really got two pits. And there ain't no, no leash. So I did what any smart person would do. I hopped in my whip hey. on the passenger side, which was the closest door. Mm-hmm. And then they walked past, and the dogs started running. So Tone has left the parking lot. But what Tone didn't see... The dude dog started chasing after somebody. Ain't no no leash. He had two pits. Two pits. No leash. People walking. And then the crazy part is if if the dog coming towards me and I do something to the dog, he going to be mad at me. And he don't even have his dogs on a leash, though. So put your dogs on a leash, people, and quit bringing dogs into restaurants. All right? That's, not, that's, that's my rant, man. That's my rant. That's your rant? That's my rant. You got two rants. 
Hey, I got the Mike Vick jersey on too. Oh yeah, so <laughs> the, dog, the, the irony, the irony. Oh no, I was hey be, before we came, before we left my my, my crib. I was like, man, people always giving me the the uh, side eye when I wear this jersey, man. <laughs> we walk out, it's a dude out there with a dog, big old, big old, big old dog, man. I don't know what kind of it was, like a bull master for something. I don't know, but it was just laying there, and it kind of gave me the look, like <laughs> I had to be careful when I was getting to my car, bro. He over there, he over there being all, man. He he ran to the car again. The dog was on the leash. He ran. He soft. He soft. But yeah, man. What about this Mike Vick jersey you got on? You like Mike Vick? I do like Mike Vick. Favorite player. Tell, tell us about this jersey. What, you know, what's, what, what's wrong with it? Do you want you want to go there? Market you get oh, from? oh, wow. <laughs> this is what you want to do? Because oh, wow. them shorts from? looking hey. medium on you right hey, now, I'm big, big dog. Sexy baby. Yeah. That's right. What you say? Right. He had the Stone Cold That's Steve right. Austin. He got the Stone Cold Steve <laughs> Austin. <Sunners on. laughs> Two hundred eighty pounds of man candy sitting right. down here, man. and I'm comfortable in the skin I'm in. And second of all, I got the belt on loop three. Okay. On the third loop, All my right, brother. Man. That's cool. <laughs> that ain't got nothing. What's your rank this week? <laughs> ain't got nothing. It's about to be them shorts. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, shorts the same, my shorts the same size as your head. Big. <laughs> 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 Hey, 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 man. Man. Don't turn this into no row session now. Hey, no, nah, we fire y'all asses up. Oh, oh, he can use curl. Oh, he tight. He tight. Just like you shorts. He tight. <laughs> okay, so this nah. is what we doing. Nah, nah, nah. Let's, so let's get to the Nah, Ladies nah. and gentlemen, welcome to Death Comedy Gym. I am your host tonight. Nah, <laughs> let, let, let him go on his, his rant. Go ahead, it's a rant. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Hey, nah, though. Um, my rant for this week, uh, I ain't really got no rant this week, man. I really want to show uh, love and appreciation for everybody who tuned into the last episode, man. Man, that's what's up. Um, we got a lot of great feedback um, on our last episode, so we really want to say thanks. Um, and we just looking to keep that... Uh, to keep that going, that momentum going. Um, if I if I if I was to force a rent, it it'd be something to piggyback to the last episode, man. Just talking about people valuing their friendships, man. Make sure you're doing what you're supposed to be doing in your friendships, handling their friendships the friends way they're supposed to be. Friends don't talk about friends. You know what I'm saying? Uh, friends we, don't bully friends. Oh, no, we're going to cap on you wear them shorts. But, <laughs> but just like, you know, just so to go you gonna, you gonna, So you going to talk about my shorts, but then you're going to let him my slide sh- my over here with his hula girl shorts on. My shorts ain't tight. You're going to let him slide. I'm clean, You're going to let him slide. Yeah, you clean. You clean. <laughs> My shorts ain't tight. Put whole leg through that hole. But y'all want to be over here riding me. Pause. Oh. <laughs> Go ahead, pause that. <laughs> hey, but, nah, but nah, though, just um, just make sure that y'all doing what y'all supposed to be doing in friendships, man. Holding people down, man. Make sure that you really uh, being there. And stop using bro and sis for everybody that you know, that, that you know. Everybody ain't your bro. Everybody ain't your sis. That should be uh, that should be given to selected few. That's people exclusive. That, yeah, people, people who have truly, you know what I'm saying, been there, held you down, you know, just that's for them. Like, don't call everybody that, because I think we devaluing friendships and what it means to be a true friend don't and all that other bro, stuff. No so, um, yeah, that's my rant, man. Make sure y'all holding y'all friends down, man, and, um, and treating them like family. And make sure you telling them when they shorts tight. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hey, so man, you brought this on my yourself. Shorts, 
Um, are size 42. Oh, wow. I've lost weight. <laughs> okay, 42 slim. According to my doctor. <laughs> but these are, uh, you know, regular fit. Hey, man, I'm happy you lost weight. Uh, 42, I, just right. Are actually from Walmart. Okay. <laughs> 42 and minus 30. The, they're on the third loop. Because if they wasn't on the third loop, then you guys will see, I think I have my pineapple boxers on tonight. Oh, my God. Yeah, so we want to get personal, then we're going to tell the story tonight. I can't give us a rant. We done. We won't, we won't say another thing I about the short. pineapples on uh, We won't say another thing about your short, bro. It's always, you, are, you are a habitual line stepper, bro. Like, you didn't even have to go there, bro. Like, there's no reason to do that. Hey, so, this is my rant. Let's get serious real quick. Uh-oh. This this is what I've been waiting on. Yeah, I want I want to talk to the people. Some people think uh money bag thing I'm going to uh Kamala Harris, but I'm going to say that, you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to go there tonight, but hey, I'm saluting the Black Queen, you know what I'm saying? Mother of the Earth, um Ebony Beauty, uh one who was kissed by the sun. We got to learn as black brothers and men to elevate our sisters, man. You know, and I I'm I'm so happy and appreciative for this moment. Even if he didn't pick her, Joe Biden had a lot of dope African-American sisters to choose from. And, and I appreciate Joe Biden um, for making this pick because this was his pick. He could have went with Elizabeth Warren, who I think he really wanted to go with, but I don't know whether it was conviction or somebody else really stepped in and, and made this happen. Um, but my rant is this. In order for us to fix the black community, we got to fix the city of Detroit, where I'm from. Um, I know when I say this, a lot of times, a lot of people joke, but I just want to tell a little brief story of my rant real quick. So if, if in order for the black community to be fixed, and I know we were going to address this probably down the road in the episode later, you know, there's a lot of conversation. Do we need a leader or do we need a movement? And we're going to address that in a few weeks um, right here on Little About a Lot. But tonight, my rant is in order to fix the black community, the mainstream black community, uh, we got to fix the city of Detroit. What do you mean? Uh, my father uh, came from Arkansas with his six brothers, and they all was able to get jobs, um, skilled trade labor at General Motors, and may not have the best education in the world. We all got family and friends, and we've all heard the story about the migration of our brothers and sisters from the South who came north to receive a better opportunity. Detroit, Motown, the Motor City, 313, is to me the mecca of blackness. You know what I'm saying? When you can go through um, civil rights, the history of the time and the people, the culture, whether it's good news or bad news, Detroit stays in the news. When we think about um, our family dynamics of our of our of our grandfathers and uncles and men in our family that was able to provide for their family, most of those jobs were skilled trade jobs. You know what I'm saying? When Detroit was doing when, when Detroit was doing great because of the automotive industry, Toledo, Ohio was doing fine. Why? Because in Toledo, they makes the glass. The glass that they made in Toledo, they gave those black men jobs. They sent those glass to Detroit to do what? To put in the car windows. When Detroit was doing fine, Gary, Indiana, uh, shout out to people in Gary, Indiana, that made the seat belts for the cars, right? Those factories in Gary had the mechanisms that, that did that. Then you can go on to Dayton, Ohio. You know, without the factories in Dayton, Ohio, Dayton, Ohio started to become a ghost town without Delphi. You know, for black for black America, um, you either worked at the factory, you got a job at the hospital, or you had somebody that worked in housekeeping, or you had somebody that worked at a steel factory, the other kind of assembly factory. And now we see, you know, culture vultures dive in and try to come in. Um, to different communities uh, that, you know, had a lot of African-American population, uh, um, gentrification, and all that kind of stuff. And I say a quick fix. I know a lot of people laugh at it, and a lot of times people make jokes about Detroit and all that kind of stuff. And that's cool, but, you know, to really understand the history and the culture and the value. If we allow Detroit to fall by the wayside, right, um, 
what is that saying? What's that going to do? What is it going to look and feel for the other key um, black cities and, and, and black culture? So that's my rant. And I put week. that on a pair of buffs. Ooh! Do, they, do your buffs got snow on them, though? Mm-hmm. All white buffs. So that's my rant. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sticking to it. That's what's up. I had two rants. Hey, I got a question, Frank, though. It was... Up? So is the issue with what's going on with Detroit and, you know, all the other cities you named, did it have a... Was it because they did not adapt to the changing of times? I think... Uh, I'm, oh, that's a good question. And I think part of it is it's a lot of different factors. That's a very good question that you asked, and it calls for a broad, robust kind of answer, kind of feel. We ain't got enough time to really dive into that. But, uh, you know, I know Tony um, in the military, he can speak to the whole thing about... You know, I don't know if you learned, you probably learned about that GI Bill, the original intent of GI yeah. Bill was a housing voucher yep. when people came back. So in our community, we kind of got awestruck. Um, and I, and I, people, listeners, don't, don't take this the wrong way, but I have to say it this way. Throughout our history, we have always been um, so caught up in the perception of how white people um, view us. Yeah, right. we, we, we kind of right. chased yeah. after that. Right. So we want to, whatever we got, we try to make sure we, we flex it in the way that, that well, we can do this too. Yeah, right? their yeah, schools, sure. their neighborhoods, sure. right. all of that. We right. wanted to infiltrate all but, of that. But, right. but and you, now look what's happening to our black know, cities. We moved out to the suburbs. And, and everybody don't move back right. to the city. Yeah, 10 they years moving ago, back to the you city. could move downtown Detroit in a two-bedroom, probably six fifty a month, that was and probably, see the water. That was I probably, checked the other day, one of those same buildings going for $3,200 a month. Yeah, man. It's integration, man. Integration kind of... Kind of did this, but this that's another, another that's ca- conversation question, down the down the road, you know. But no, that's some good points, with, uh, Al. Good points, good Thank points. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I good appreciate points. it. But listen, we got a jam packed show <clears throat> tonight, and we really want to dive right into it. Uh, I just want to read a, a a piece of an article that talks about what took place on August fifth, twenty twenty. The board of directors for the NCAA division. Uh, gave a call and a command to the presidents and the athletic directors and the, and the coaches to safeguard the student-athletes' well-being, uh, scholarship, and eligibility. Divisions must determine status of fall championships no later than August 21st. So as we dive into this topic about um, college athletes, we've been seeing a whole uprising right now within the last two weeks. We even got a, a cool hashtag. I ain't going to say cool because Trump... Um, leading the charge. What is it called? Let them play. Yeah. I don't know if y'all y'all seen that I saw hashtag. That. I saw it on Let Twitter. Let them play, and you got you know the president is making the choices to protect the the um the financial affairs and the personal affairs of the university now and long term because we know with COVID there's some long term health conditions, <clears throat> and then now you got some coaches and players saying, well, we've been isolating in these bubbles for weeks. And we got a system that's in place. Let these kids play. But it's it's very funny right now. We, and I want to hear what y'all thoughts is on this. That when the players wanted to unionize Man, a few we years about ago, for yeah. their likeness, yeah, nobody wanted to listen. Now when Trevor Lawrence and these other players leading this charge about let us play, we want to play. Hey. And now we got these uh, white, right, Republican senators and other people who sit on some of these boards and the boosters saying, let these kids play. The, What's the, going the, on with the key is who leading that charge. Right. Trevor Lawrence. And what what he what he look like? Sunshine. Sunshine. <laughs> I remember the Titans. He do and look he like, like Sunshine. He, he played like he cold, though. <laughs> he cold. But uh man, it's amazing to see that now. Like, um, 
everybody taking these cat uh, one just saying like, oh, why we we on the player side now? They want to come back because of money, man. This is because of money and entertainment. They want their entertainment back. They want that when you start messing with white people, money, bro. That's when that's when they get antsy and that's when they get, you know, crazy, man. And it's is to me. You don't care about player safety if you're trying to bring them back. And the other thing is, is they're not talking about the the students that don't or the uh, student athletes that don't want to come back. They're not saying anything about right. that. All in the media is just talking about the players that want to come. Back. And now they talking about a player union, man. And then where the NCAA at and all this anyway? And they ain't saying nothing. It's the again, it's, the it's that uni- it's the universal thing. They're not doing things universal. They're not. And then you got Nebraska <laughs> from the Big Ten talking about we still going to play. And I, I heard Ohio State say that, but, man, Nebraska getting $52 million a year just so to be in the you Big say Ten. That, so if, if, if you haven't heard, go Google Desmond Howard and hear his little rant oh, yeah, he about the Big Ten and about Nebraska because Nebraska uh, coach and AD and president, they stood with him at first, and now they're trying to change the tone because the uh, coach said, you know, if the Big Ten not going to play no games, we'll look elsewhere to go play games. And so Desmond Howard is saying that Nebraska needs to apologize or the Big Ten needs to kick them out because, well, because they're not bringing nothing to the Big right, Ten. Right, anyway. right, right. And, and the thing is, is it's kind of like, like us, man. We got to be together, right? You can't. The Big Ten is one whole whole thing, though, right? So you cannot have one group like, oh no, nah, we about to go out here and we about to go play. What are they they getting fifty two million a year? They yeah, would th- not get where they gonna get. Where else they gonna get that at? I thought we was a group, but you know people want to oh, bully and there pick you on go. people clothes. He said, "Don't no grown man get bullied, man." Uh, hey man, you know y'all look at my sensitive. You know what? That's another conversation. <laughs> That's another conversation. <laughs> but nah, <laughs> uh, uh, let's go down to our troublemaker. <laughs> <laughs> but now, nah, as I look, uh, as, you, as I look at this topic and see what's going on, man, it it, it just goes to show you that um, in a lot of cases that. They just want, I don't want to use, yeah, they just want us to shut up and dribble or, you know, fall back, throw the football, something like that. They don't really want us to really have a voice um, on, seri- on on topics that can really push the culture forward and things and things like that. But you see when they want, when when the players are in agreement, when the players are in, in agreement with the, with the hierarchy, now all of a sudden they want to push the players forward and give right. them opportunity to speak and say listen to the players right. and things like that and they're using the and they're using the 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 love and the passion for the game in order to um they're using the players love and passion for the game in order to um push what they want forward right. but they don't use the players love and passion for you know receiving some type of stipend or, I mean some type of funds uh, for their name and for their likeness they don't use the players love and passion to uh, uh as it relates to you know their causes and things that they deem important they always want to fall back on that's not a part of our campus and we don't want our campus or our program to be um um to 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 be political uh, but all of a sudden now they want to get now all of a sudden they want to uh, use the players' voices and the players are smart. They you really sit and if you really sit and look, players got to understand your voice is powerful. So players can get anything they want because they don't move the 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 conferences, the coaches, the 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 programs don't move without the players. Right. So you they we have the voice. We just have to use our voice in the right in the in the right place and at the right time in order to get things changed. Um, so, Go ahead. so there's a there's a charge 
being taken place right now by some governors who are trying to change title funding, not governors and uh, senators, title funding, and they're trying to uh, manipulate the system. But the NCAA put out, right, um, all member schools must adhere to federal and local guidelines related to COVID-19. Further, the conduct of NCAA championships must be in line with federal, state, and local guidelines. But this is the good, this is the one I really wanted to touch on. All student athletes must be allowed to opt out of participation due to concerns about contacting COVID-19. If a college athlete chooses to opt out, that individual's athletic scholarship commitment must be honored by the college and university. And so we got some people now saying that they need to take that away for the kids that opt out. Mm. How y'all feel about that? That's complete BS. Complete BS. Uh, if I'm caring about my safety... And right. and I don't welfare. yeah in my long term <clears throat> health or uh, and my opportunity to play at the next level right um or just to be a functioning adult for the rest of my life right. you gonna take that away or right. you gonna take that opportunity for me to be a college athlete away and, and and reap the benefits because I don't feel safe and secure because you won't have anything in place um for this so if something does happen to me it's almost like you can wash your hands with me and and and, and I'm going back to the I'm going back to my uh, my neighborhood. And at that point, I just got to find my own way. So, yes, it's, it's complete BS. Like, you have to give these, you you have to honor them. Like, it's health and safety. Like, at the end of the day, if you care about, because, you know, when they come to your house and they talking to you, they show you, we love you, we're going to take care of you, good and bad, blah, blah, blah. So now, if I'm in a situation where I don't feel safe, I don't feel secure, I feel like if I go out there and I, and, 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 and I get this virus, um, and it's going to have long-term effects on me that can right, not exactly. only not only ruin and, and, and it not only ruin my health, but let's just think it might ruin my opportunity to be a, a professional athlete or my opportunity to you know be a to 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 be a functioning adult. Like because I feel that way, and it's been proven that in certain cases that people have not made a full recovery from COVID, no matter if they still have it or not. Exactly. So now you're going to tell me that you don't want to honor my scholarship because of this? like Man, it's, it's, and they don't even talk about, everybody talk about, oh, the deaths are, are so small, which is... That's, death is that, death. Yeah, I don't care yeah, if two yeah. people that's die. That's too many. Insensitive too, too many. In, yeah. That's insensitive anyway. But then you talk about... Um, not only did they're not talking about the um just the they're not they're talking about the death, my bad. But then they're not talking about what what it does, like you said, long term. Like there are people that had this COVID and they're gonna be hurting for the rest of their life mm-hmm. because of the after effects of it. Mm-hmm. And it amazes me that people can't adjust and adapt for a little bit without sports. Like it's it's crazy. We got we have so many other things going on in this world. But I, I will say this. I will say this because I was against. Let me not. I wasn't. I wasn't in favor of the NBA coming back or MLB oh, yeah, coming yeah, yeah. back. I'm, yeah. And things uh, and, and, and all of the other sports. Like I was not in favor, but. I see how the NBA players have been using their platform. Oh yeah, for like, sure. I remember for sure. Tobias yeah. Harris came out one interview and was like. I'm gonna answer this question the same way, no matter what yeah, you yeah, ask yeah, me, as sure. it relates to Breonna Taylor and yeah. uh, and and the, and the people who killed her. And we're so, still looking for those cops, absolutely, to be arrested. Facts. Absolutely. So now it's like a a college athlete can use his platform 
to 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 push forward to see, the changing of injustices see, and, and 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 things like that. And I agree with that. I'm ha- I I like to see that, but with this college football, they can't use that. They don't. Man, these people are only in it for one thing. Yeah, they're gonna business. miss off. They're gonna miss out on so much cheese, mm-hmm. so much money. Mm-hmm. They're gonna miss out on a ton of money, man. They only in it for one thing, man. So for but me, you, but, it's not genuine. No, nah, it's not genuine. So. For me, they don't care about those those athletes, man. But the other thing is, but, is but they even, don't care about the other sports. Right. All we talking about is football. What about right. the other but sports? Not, but, but not only do they not care about those players, and uh, they, they don't care about those players and those coaches. But just think how much backlash they gonna receive if you are the the league or the school that say, yeah, we gonna play, and you go out there and play, and one of your players oh, catch man. COVID and then they pass, <laughs> then they die. Right. And, oh, it's gonna be over. That's what the big... I, me personally, I wouldn't want that. Right. I understand y'all want to play, and at the end of the day, I might want y'all to play. Right. The kids but, are signing their life away on these new waivers. Yeah. Though. But yeah. I'm like, but I'm like. So I got a, I got a question. Bro, they might die. I got a question. How you want to handle that? <laughs> so we're in college right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we are, um, we're college football players. Mm-hmm. All of us are, you know. Well, I'm the five star player on the team. Okay. You're, you're, I could be a three star. Steph Curry was a three star. Uh, you ain't no Steph Curry. Uh, and then you whoever oh okay your daddy won the coaches and so you just got on the team oh okay Okay. (laughs) but no let's be serious so if the NCAA or governors or the president or people came and said you know give us your list of demands that you need as a player in order for you to get out here on this field um what 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 is it that you would want what is it that you need Um, Um, I'm gonna go first go ahead because I don't want to lose my thought the first thing I'm going to say is uh, I need uh, medical insurance. And I'm going to say, you know, I'm probably going to say I need it for at least 10 years after um, I graduate or leave this institution. I need it for up to 10 years. And, um, yeah, that's that's where I'm going to start at. I need to get paid. <laughs> You got to give me some money. My man. Right. <laughs> I to say I need to get paid because I'm a five-star recruit. Oh, I feel you already getting paid. Uh, from a different standpoint. Now you sneaking. I'm already getting paid. Now you sneaking. I got to get paid. <laughs> you paid me to come, all right, <laughs> to the school. I got to get paid. Money, yeah. money, money. Now I got to get paid because they care about the money. Why can't I? Money, power, respect. Give man, me. I'm asking for some absurd. Right. Because they making absurd money off of these kids. What you asking for? I'm asking for about 10, 15 million. Cause just think, no, 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 just think. If you say no, I can only give you two million. <laughs> I might not have ever got that two million if I asked for the fifteen. And right. I might, I might just want to play for five hundred thousand. But now I done talked myself into two right. million. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like they got to be smart. They got to be strategic. But it ain't all about money, man. They got to have yeah, some. They yeah, have to have sure, some backing. Sure. Like they have to have. Like I don't really know what I would. That's why I, I said for me, I'm starting I, the conversation with healthcare. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't know what I would and put. And I may say for me and my whole family. I don't know what I will put in front of my life. Yeah, that's Like, true. my life is at stake. Yeah. So what is... It's precious. Yeah, yeah so yeah. what is so so that important that I could put without any uh, without no reassurance that if I get this, that I'm going to recover? Like, so that's and the we, reason and why we, I asked this question, because I'm still trying to put myself, which I know I shouldn't, 
you know, you try to put yourself in the, in the mindset. But you can't. And what some of these players is thinking, and not 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 and taking away the five star recruits who could miss a whole year this, and know they still gonna be a top. But this 10 one, I'm telling this one. The, the reason why you can't do that because when we were college students, we was between the age of 17 and 21 to 22. We think we're in, we, we, we think can't nothing bad happen to us. Right. So we're not nine out of tens. We just want to be on the field. We want to get our life back to normal, uh, as much Absolutely. to normal as possible. Just, and this is our safe spot. Think about so it. just think at 17 to 21, you thought you, man, it was not going to stop you, man. That COVID, whatever it was, it was it's not going to do anything to me. So it's, they're playing. They're playing on their. Uh, they're playing on their uh, uh, illusions that nothing can happen to them. They're playing on that young arrogance that I'm young. I'm healthy. I'm in the gym. I'm working out. That go to Florida. Yeah, and hang but, out but and just think, think about this though. We talking about college. What about high school students? What about oh, that? So, so <laughs> what about that? With, and that's a whole other conversation. But I'm just saying athletes, though, right? Yeah. So my my kids, my twins go. To practice, you know, every day, multiple. Do you worry about that? Multiple. Oh, absolutely. Um, worry about it. I'm also not not just worried about, uh, you know, the COVID, the, the the COVID, right? But I was having this conversation with my son. I'm like, man, it's football, and y'all ain't y'all talking about playing games in two weeks, and y'all ain't even got the hitting. So I'm thinking, uh, you know, injuries is gonna go up yeah. as well. It's gonna concussions. You know, we you can yeah. only talk about technique so much. You know, and it's, it's so many different uh, other factors. Yes, they take the temperature and all that kind of stuff. And now let me tell you something. We're teaching about high school. So Princeton is sending strips in the mail that you have to take your kid temperature with every day. So you put the strip on their forehead, That's and it's going to give them a read. What's so crazy? And then you have to, you know, put that information to a system, and then they're going to go to the bus, and they got to show that number to the bus <laughs> Um, driver, then the bus driver doesn't feel comfortable. They're supposed oh, to take man. it again. Then when they get to the school, they got to do it again. So, but but you you know what's crazy? Don't none of that matter. No, because they can still have it and yeah. not have no symptoms. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, so we had to sign uh, multiple waivers. You know what I'm saying for different things of that nature. So. Yeah, it's just it's it's just a lot right now, man. Like we don't have a handle on it, and with us right. not having a handle, I don't think you should put anybody in a position to um, um, to maybe cost themselves their health. Yeah. It's, it's not fair at all. Like it's not fair. Um, it's not right. You can't understand it, and we want to get life back to as Amen. normal as possible. But you can't change. You can't change your health, and you can't. And you and sometimes. I don't like people thinking for me, but sometimes you have to have somebody to um to 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 make a decision to make the tough decisions. You gotta have somebody make the tough the tough decisions. You and right now, to protect people yeah, you got to protect me from myself. Absolutely, like protect me from myself. Yeah. I want to get out there. I want to play. But if I if I contract this 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 virus. Is no guarantee that I'm going to recover from it. And do I want to risk my life for a game hey. that's going to go on? That's going to go on without me. America's so ghetto right now. If you live in the suburbs, you live in a ghetto. <laughs> man, <Hey>. man. <laughs> Talk to him for party time. <laughs> real, no, man. It's, it's, just... it's, it's crazy what we going... Like, all this... Everything we going through right now in this society as a whole... 
it's some of this stuff could have been like I look at New Zealand. I read an uh, article, dude. They ain't had a COVID case in a hundred days because they shut down. Nobody complained. We can't compare ourselves to New, to New, New Zealand. Zealand. Yeah, we can't. You know why? Because those people got common sense and strong leadership. That what what John and just I get said, you, I get it, but I'm just saying you, you see what? that you You're see protecting that the people from themselves. You see that though, and it's like. We could have did that a long time ago and hey, not even been in this position. This is what happened. You take tremendous risk with your life when you broke. Just think about America. You take tremendous risk with your life when you're broke. So just think about everybody that's in the hood that goes out and they hustling and doing this. You're taking a chance. You're taking a risk when you go out there and you get involved in the streets. The reason why you do that is because you don't have the income and you want the income and you want to live this life and this, this, that, and the other. So just think about what they're doing, what we're doing in America. You have to risk your life right now. The reason why? It's because we broke. America's broke. Like, we, we, we fronting. Like, we... We, hey man, we, hey, we, 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 we broke in the pockets, man. We broke yeah. in hearted. We look, broke look, look, in everything. Look, look, look. We the dude that we the dude in the club that's fly, but homeboy paid for us to get in. We can't buy a drink. We can't do nothing. We just sitting there posting. Now our outfit live. Hey. But when you peel, when you peel back the cur- when you peel back the curtains, I don't know them guys. I'm not saying that we're. I'm, <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. But when you Global Force would never. Whatever. Whatever. But nah, seriously though, like we do, we we dress up, we present ourselves like we got this and got that. But when you pull back them bank stubs, it's like that's oh, what that's what America that's doing. Yeah. America stunting now. We stunting out here because if we had it together, we wouldn't be waiting this long for a stimulus check. We wouldn't be um, we wouldn't be forcing people to go back to work. We wouldn't be allowing people to we wouldn't be allowing people to open businesses that involves crowds and things like that. You're doing that because you want to keep the revenue streaming because you don't have enough uh, finances and resources to 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 hold us down when we can't work. And circling back to... We live paycheck to paycheck in America, and so does America as a whole. <laughs> they live you. in paycheck if to paycheck. If you live in the suburbs in America, you live in the ghetto. Facts. That's just what it is. But circling back, man, uh, athletes, man, just demand, if you're going to set up that that players union, demand to get paid. But it's just, it just amazed me. Get what it, you can, man. It just amazed me that now, get what you all can. of a sudden, that the, NC, the, the NCAA is allowing their players to talk all and, of a get, sudden. And, and get in front <laughs> right. of a and get in front of a, a, a controversial topic. But throughout all of that other stuff, black uh, when, when when they're protesting, when they're talking about racial injustice and all of that, extremely quiet. You this, can't say anything. What's going like, on? Like, it's BS, man. What's, what's going on? Master knows that slavery is getting ready to end. This free mass production of, of product of, of, of these young bucks who uh, come up to these institutions that raise them money. Like, you didn't hear us a few years ago, and now, you know, COVID has showed up, and now y'all pockets is, is, is going to look a little skinny. And, 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 but it's crazy, though, because when you have someone like... I hate I have to say this man's name, and it's frustrating. But when you have somebody that, like Chris Paul, who has graduated from a PWI, is repping for HBCUs, you could tell that, like, people don't even realize that Chris Paul went to Wake Forest. Like, 
but he repped the HBCUs so hard and so loud right now. And it, and it's crazy. It shows you the shift. It shows you the change that is taking place that, you know, to... to to boy pick... had something from Bennett back in the day. <laughs> All right, man. He no. was in it. He was in it at Bennett. Come on, man. Don't do that, man. That man is married with kids, man. That's what I'm talking about, man. It's, it's, it's always that one. But nah, was... but nah, but to go back to what you said, though, Al, like, seriously, though, like... Things are changing, things are shifting, and that's why it's like a big, like everybody is on pins and needles because as, as people we hate change, like we 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 truly hate change. That's why we always taking aback when things are changing, um, and it's a change that's taking place. It's definitely gonna take place. We don't know when, we don't know how, but we just see the change oh, yeah, and we right want. On the wall. Yeah, yeah, things so, are so. changing, but for our college athletes, man, do not let them force you and don't use your arrogance as a young adult to think that you can to to think that you have to go out on that field to to play to build the 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 legacy and the resume of other coaches like. Your health is important, and if one college don't want you, if they feel like you can't, if you don't want to play and you have to leave their university, I guarantee with enough people back you, another university will pick you up, and then you'll be able to play. The NFL, as of right now, isn't going nowhere, even right. if they take a hiatus for a year. So make sure that you're being smart. Don't let them, don't, 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 don't do the work for them. They're using you to talk to, in order to get something uh, established. Don't let them. Don't let them do that to you. All right. The preacher has preached a great sermon this evening. For I'm us. in my bag, baby. In Let's go, bag. baby. In his bag. <laughs> and listen, we're going to take a short commercial break. I know Will hates that commercial break, but we'll be right back after this commercial break. And we're back. B-A-C-K, back, back at it. Listen, we like to have fun, a uh, good time uh, with the show and enjoy each other's company. But we also want to make sure that we're giving you some exclusive, fresh, deep-rooted um, uh, conversation. So this next topic, we're going to see where we can find the humor in it, but, you know, we're going to go where it go. But listen, so on Moesha, right? Back to Moesha. We back to Moesha. Moesha. A hell of a show. Into the... Oh, to the, didn't she say Moesha or whatever? So Moesha, uh, and make sure you help me out here, money bag Mike. So Moesha, the mom died, right? So Miles and Moesha was Frank's children from his first marriage. Was Frank married to Moesha's mom and she died? All right, and so what's Moesha's stepmom's name? D. D, you know, showed them love and you know it was time. It was a lot of times. There's <laughs> a lot of times on different opus, uh, episodes that Miles and Moesha kind of took D for granted, and then D found out later on a few episodes that she had another stepkid too, right? Because Frank, <laughs> for whatever reason, wasn't. Uh, oh, Frank was knee deep in these streets. Frank was knee deep. In, knee okay, deep then in the he wasn't just selling cars. Frank the Tank. <laughs> Frank the Tank. Man. Hey, listen, we promised to give you one of these episodes our ranking of best TV dad. And Frank going to be at the bottom. <laughs> now, what a question going to come at that? Because I hear a lot of people on social media, where do you rank smart um, smart guys dad? And I said, we get to that later. But back to this. So we're moving this conversation and talking about step parenting and parenting and a little different kind of topics about children. We're about to really dive into our bag a uh, little about a lot, right, in this conversation. So on that show, you know, you had D who... Um, she never forced that 
mother on them, but she was there for him, right? You know, and even those tough times, because Frank was kind of like, he ruled with an iron fist, and then sometimes D would have to tell Frank to chill out, and then Frank would get in his feelings. Now, wait a minute now. I am their father. And she would have to let them know, but, you know, you know, I'm the one that's really... Putting this together. Putting this together when you go in your little temper tantrums and all that kind of stuff. So talk to me. You know what I'm saying? How do we feel about step-parents, the role of step-parents, how society, the stigmas, the negative and the positive of step-parents? And listen, my, both of my parents was previously married. I'm the only child from both parents. My father had a had another son from a previous marriage, DeAndre. Uh, rest in peace, big bro. And then my mom had uh, three children that I was raised um, I was raised with. And so one thing that I was always fascinated with, when somebody will always ask my, ask my father, no matter who was around, how many children you have, he will always say four. He wouldn't say, well, I got one son by my wife, and then I got these three stepkids or whatever. He always quantified everybody as the four um as the kids, he got a few four back. <laughs> he gonna pull up a picture of Frank. <laughs> Tr, so are you crazy? So let's dive into this conversation. How do we view true society? The impact, role, responsibility on step parenting. Sometime in an ungrateful stepchild um, society. <laughs> I like how I said that. That's that Dr. Bailey for you. Oh my goodness. Um, um, for me, I, I, um, I think. Once you, like, get into that position, male, female, stepmom, stepdad, you have to treat them, treat the kids like they're your own. You have to. Um, when you when you going deep uh, with with your partner, you know, and y'all y'all making these next moves, you have to include the kids and everything. You have to think about that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to think about you know school districts and and getting sick and and uh you know what's for dinner you got you have to include them too you know what i'm saying so a a, a good person that's in step parenting will do that you know what i'm saying so yeah i, I just think you have to have that mindset of hey i got to you got to go to games you got to you know you got to do all that as if you are the real parent you know that's that's just my my feeling on it um, you signed up for it when you went into that relationship and marriage or whatever with that person. So you have to be a parent. You have to, whether you, I mean, if you if you don't like it, you shouldn't have went into that relationship. How do you feel about the, um, make sure I'm saying this right, like level of trying as far as a step-parent, like the pushback? You know what you mean? We, like, for instance, what if you get to, you know, the kids just don't like you. You can be best person in the world, but the kids is just like, you know, this ain't my mama, this ain't my daddy. I, I think Do you I, buy your way into it. Like I think you, I think eventually they'll come around. I think you just have to keep being you and just understanding that they the kids. I think eventually they'll come around, especially if you <clears throat> if you trying to do right by them and trying to show them that you because they kids. They you got to understand that they have a real father. Or a real mother. I mean, you know, a biological father. Yeah, or, I'm about to say, yeah my bad. That's what I, a biological <laughs> father or a biological mother that they, you know. What if they act up? Of? Do you get the place like say, "Now nah, I ain't your daddy. No. Nah, <laughs> I man. ain't having that. You don't do that, man. Yeah, nah. that's corny. Yeah, that is. You don't do that. Do, you, do we see that, though? 
You said yeah, dude. we see that oh, all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, no, but I think uh, I think you just have to. You have to also. Have, it's got to be boundaries too. Like you got to know when you can say something and when you can't. Because if they still have an active father or mother, like you got to kind of back off. You have to back off. You know back what I'm saying? Because you're scared of that, that no, person. No, no, fool. You backing off because you doing it out of respect and out of. You have to let those parents, you know, work together. You call me a fool, but I, and I know that's funny. Ha ha he he. Don't get don't get hurt. But uh, oh, no, I, I said that because working in case management, then we all work in education. We've seen it that you know there's some some step parents who are afraid of what the real parent may say or do. That's not in the household. And then it's, 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 it's vice versa. That It's the step-parent who will... Listen, I had a student in Dayton, Dayton Public School. His dad wanted custody of him. And he probably should have been with his dad. Dad was even-killed, even level-minded, really believed in school, do your best, kind of stuff like that. Well, his mom was out here, you know, she wanted a dope boy. You know what I'm saying? All that kind of stuff. And she wanted that life and all this kind of stuff. And so the dad was, I don't, I'm not saying the dad was like scared of dude, but dad knew that dude was on some other stuff. So he kind of like, I'm not going to say abandoned this kid, but. Yeah, love of respect for him. Love of respect. Perfect example. What was the Tyler Perry movie? I know, you know, some people don't like watch Tyler Perry movie, but what was it? Daddy's Girl. Mm-hmm. So you know at the oh, end, yeah, yeah, he yeah. had to whoop him. He had to beat him. I dope. was born by the river. <laughs> when that son come out in the black movie, something about to go down. But you know, early on in the movie, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying he was scared of him, but he was kind of like he didn't want major I mean, situations dude, to involve. Dude so. was in the streets. He had a backing. So, right. you know, you got to be smart. You got to be smart. Us, but I think... Um, <clears throat> I said Willie. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, step-parenting is... is it's difficult. It's also common, especially in our, uh, especially in our community. It happens um, a lot. And you know, the older you get, and you know, once you, uh, you know, choose to settle. I mean, not settle, but you choose to be with someone, and um, they have kids. You have to, you know, accept that role. Once you accept that person, is to be your uh, your partner, and hopefully go into marriage and and things like that. Um, it's a, it's tricky, because. You know, you still have your, you you still have you the way that you feel like uh, a child is supposed to be raised, and if it's different than a parent, than a biological parent, you kind of have to take a step back. But that's tough, especially when you are living with this child, especially when you are, um, you know, you're trying to do the best, you're trying to do the best job that you can possibly do as far as bringing this child in and having them be a part of your life. Um, but it's just difficult. Like, it's truly, truly difficult because, like you all have said, like, you want to be respectful to the biological parents, but at the same time, like, you are, they're in your house. They're under your supervision as well. Um, you are, you know, accepting a role. Like, you're not only just accepting the role of being a, uh, being a step-parent. This is a child that has, honestly, nine times, ten times out of ten, they don't have any of your, um, they don't have any of you in them. 
So not only are you learning about them and their personalities and trying to adapt and adjust to that, now you also have to worry about the dynamic of that person's family. So the person that you're with, you have to, um, their family has to trust you around the kid. Um, and then the parent, then, then, then they're, then, and like, say if in my case, the father, you have to make sure that the father or the, um, and the father's family is comfortable with you around their kids. So it's almost like you're trying to be the best version of you and trying to make that, trying to make everybody feel comfortable with you in this role. Let me get to my case manager bag real quick. Watch this. Will, are you okay with us being vulnerable? Right now, bro, what the heck? What do you? <laughs> no, I just want to ask you because you went there, you opened up the door for conversation. I have not opened. And yes. for that, we um, applaud you, and we want to let you know that this. I is got a, a question for this you. This is a safe space. I got a question for you. So you, so you go ahead and ask me a question. I got a question no. for you. <laughs> no, I want to hear. It. So no, I want to ask you this. Um, Somebody. was was it difficult, or hard for you? At first, growing up, with that, you know. Well, with my mom not being around. No, with the step stepmom. Step yeah. Well, my, <laughs> my mom, well, with my mom not being around, you know, growing up, um, my dad um, had a significant other. Um, and it wasn't necessarily um, tough because, you know, a part of you is yearning for that. You know, we, right. we yearn for both both parents and with my with my mom not being around consistently um i did have women that served in that role not only was my dad significant other but i had my um i had my my friends parents uh, their mothers you know served in that role as well but i just always go off a of house and one treats my parent first so i saw how she treated my father and my father was comfortable and he was cool and he was secure in that situation. So that gave me the that gave me the ability to see their relationship and understand that I can open up and I can be cool and try to learn this person and accept the love that they're giving me. When was when, when, That's a good point. when did you find yourself in a place that you, you felt like um I love her, not just because she loves my father, but now something to me says she commands and demands more than my respect. It's a, it's, a, it's a level of love. When, so it'd be little things like birthdays. Like, if I'm over there, I'm getting a cake. She's making sure that I'm cool, even if I'm not around. Like, she's checking, hey, how everything going? You cool? You all right? Um, on a random day. Um, so things like that. Like, it's just little things like, like, just showing me, she she treated me like her own. Like, so I saw the relationship that she had with her kids, and the relationship that she had with me was not different. Okay. So I felt like I was a part of her family. I felt like I was one of her kids. So that gave me the opportunity to look back and be like, you know what? This cool. Like, I can I can truly understand. I could truly um, feel comfortable in this role um, with her as being a mother figure for me. Um and I just think I, I I think those I think those roles are vital. I think those roles are vital. I think they're important because we all learn we all yearn and we look for those type of um we all we all yearn and we look for that type of um connection with someone, especially when we don't have our own. But it's all about respect. Like she she never 
said anything ill about my, you know, about my mom or anything like that. She never tried to assert herself as my mom or anything like that. She, you know, she allowed for me to make that decision. It wasn't nothing that she felt like she had to do. It wasn't like she was trying to pull a rank or anything like that. It was more so of she just let it happen naturally. She just let it happen naturally to the point where it was a a, a father, I mean, a, a mother-son relationship. Now I got my last question in this little miniature session. Okay, one more question? No? Well, we're going to ask it anyway. <laughs> and we hope you feel comfortable sharing. And then we're going to see, we're going to hear back from, from Party Time Tone. Um, do mom and stepmom have a relationship? Like, are they cordial? No, they don't have a, they don't have a relationship. But, you know, we're having, so like me and my mom are in a, in, in a great space now. So with me and my mom being in a great space, like she asks those questions and she respects her. She respects my stepmother for being there for me when my mom wasn't there. Like, she respects that. I don't know if they don't have a relationship, but the respect that my, my mom respects her because she, she stepped did, up. She did right by yeah, you. Yeah, she did right by me. So it was it was, it was was great and it was beautiful, and, I, and that's what you can hope. And I know, more importantly than me, I know my dad feels comfortable in that the decision that he made because I know in most cases parents shouldn't choose – a partner over kid. their kid. You kind of hope, you hope and you pray that it's a it's a match made in heaven on all forms. Um, in this case, that it was. Okay, party time. So at the end of the school year, I mean, when when COVID happened um, in March, which was the end of our school year, um, you know, we had to give out packets, right? Mm -hmm. And so we tried to do everything electronically, but that didn't fail. So we had to give hard copies, and we either had to drop off or pick people. Or people had to come pick it up. And for me, most of the time, the best contact or the person who came was always, majority of the time, it was a step-parent. It was either a step-parent or, or a grandparent, man. So talk to us a little bit about the, the, the role in the child's education or the total welfare of the role of that, of that parent taking responsibility who, in fact, this is not technically my child, but however, it is my child. So for me... Um you know, I had I, I work in special education, so I was really concerned about my kids, my caseload. You know, I was really concerned about them getting what they needed. So, um, on my caseload, a couple of my of the kids um, live with their grandparents. They live with their grandparents. So, for me, um, I saw that, and I'm like, well, it was it was hard because. They wasn't, they wasn't good with technology. So I, I actually had to go to their houses, and um, and help them out. But they were, it, it was dope to see that they're they're pushing, um, pushing it to, to get through and trying to figure out, you know, how we getting them on the computer, um, can how when do they have to be on, you know, the Zoom chats? Um, hey, I'm trying to help her with this homework. Um, I, I don't know how the math is working. Can you come to the house and help her? Um, and I'm going because these grandparents, they they doing the best they can, but it's a struggle for them because they generations ahead. And the math is different now. The technology is 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 beyond what they what they what they were thinking. You know what I'm saying? What technology was for them. Um, so uh, for me, man, it's just a respect thing. Like it's. 
it's like God, they inspired me. They made me, they made me look at myself and be like, yo, this is why I'm in it. Like, this is why I'm doing this. You know what I'm saying? To help people, not only help the students, but help people like them, you know? And, um, it was, I don't know, man, it's it's just a dope feeling, and it was just a, just dope to see them trying to do it. Because, you know, you get a lot of people out here, man, hell, we get biological parents that would look at that and be like, man, forget it. Like, I, we'll, we'll figure it out next school year. You just go do what you want to do. And they was pushing, man, and, and them, them pushing made me want to do more. So that's why I was going to the, to the house and... Um, taking care of whatever it was they needed. So I got a question. What's up? So when we think about step parents in our in our society and in, in our culture, right, is one name that comes up, and he receives a lot of backlash. Oh, they call him corny all the yeah. time. Yeah, he is corny, but he, but he cool. He cool. Like he a cool. Like I remember back in high school, my dude used to say that he cool. He just a lame. He a cool lame. But when we think about somebody like Russell Wilson, right? Got into a relationship with uh, Sierra. Um, she came into the she came into a relationship with a uh, child already. Um, and what Russell Wilson has done is what I feel like everyone should do when you're in this situation. He has took the responsibility of being not his father, but being uh, an additional father right. to the kid um, that Sierra came into the relationship with. Right. He receives Russell Wilson receives a lot of backlash, and in my opinion, I feel like it's unwarranted because of because he's doing what he's supposed to do, but he receives a lot of backlash for being in this child's life. Why do, why, why do you feel like he is receiving so much backlash for being uh, involved in a child's life Man, that's people, not his? Because people just hate to see people doing good things. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, man. This is weird. Like, so, do, so do you feel like Russell Wilson? So when you see, because we don't know them, and I'm trying to use this point as to get into another, uh, to get to lead into a more in depth conversation about um, um, being a step parent. But I'm just using this as an example because it's an example that majority of uh, public society knows. So, <clears throat> do you think he is forcing himself? onto the situation and trying to and trying to put himself out there like he is the father. I only think he out there because of who he is. Okay. Um no, I don't think I think it's just genuine. I think he's doing what a a step parent would do in his position. He taking care What if he was if he was it's crazy cuz it's damned if you do and it's damned if you don't though. If he was out here Disrespecting and and not taking care of the kid or whatever, like you know what I'm saying. Like it's he's doing a good job, man. It's I mean that's just a, at the end of the day, people that's hating are just haters. That's just what it is. Little known fact, you know, uh, Russell's from Cincinnati. Right. Yeah, he was born here. Born and raised. He was born here. A lot of people don't know a lot that. Of people don't know that. I know that for a fact um, because the church that you know I'm affiliated with, he was a member there growing up as a kid. Uh, and I'm, this is an interesting topic, and I think it will help us arrive to uh, a holistic uh, perspective on what is going on with Russell, the stepfather. So, Russell's from Cincinnati. His mom died early. Dad remarried. Mm -hmm. So, he has uh, a viewpoint 
of you yeah, know step parenting yeah. from a different perspective. That's a good point that I don't think people uh, take into consideration. Which goes back to what you just said. Um, may come off as corny, right? Because in his eyes, he may be doing it from a perspective of a place that you know this is what I know. You know, my mom died when I was you know a little little kid. Right, and then we moved. So it's, uh, it's, from it's Cincinnati to Virginia, I believe, and you know, dad remarried yeah. and all that kind of stuff. I so, think, I think it's so. I think when people have an issue with what Russell with what Russell Wilson is doing, um, or if anybody who is stepping up and being a, a father figure or a mother figure to someone, um, I think it has a lot to do with insecurities. Insecurities. And, and also, not trying to cut you oh, off. Oh yeah, I ain't think about that. But their 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 family dynamic of what they have experienced, and also some people become insecure and jealous of what they perceive they wish they would have. Absolutely. Or w- yeah. wish they would have had. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Talk to him, Al. I'm, talk- <laughs> I'm talking good tonight. But mm-hmm. nah, like it it, com- it comes across is <laughs> insecure because you because you see someone who is serving in a role and in a capacity that you may not be able to. So instead of looking at what's for the best interest of the kid, not saying that you're not involved, but if that person is coming in and he is he or she is serving and is serving as a uh, as a parent as as a parent in these situations, and they're doing a good job and they're receiving respect and they're also receiving love from the outside world who don't really know the ins and outs. Your insecurity takes your insecurity takes place because it's now seem like dang like this is my biological child, but now I'm being overshadowed by the step parent. So that brings on a lot of insecurity and brings on a lot of ill will and makes it seem like that person is now trying to take your take your place as the as the kid's mother or the kid's father. Um, that can't happen though because you also you always have to look out for the best interest of the kid. So I always say this: if you're in a relationship with someone and it doesn't work out and y'all have a kid, don't let your view of that parent uh, of that person. Um, taint your view of anybody that they bring around them. You have to let someone prove themselves first. So right. if they prove themselves as being a capable person to be around your kid, then um, I think that you should just fall back and just let. And if the child is happy, then you know let the let the situation go and let the situation flourish. I think the main issue that takes place in a lot of situations is that it's never a sit down of a meeting of the minds, right. where people are sitting down and they're talking. talking you can have it. those intricate conversations where. You can ask those questions like I need to know what you're going to do in this situation. Right. And when you don't have that, when you don't have that talk, it leaves it leaves a lot of things up to assumption. Right. And which makes the situation horrible. And at the end of the day, the child is the one that suffers the most. Those, those insecurities. But what about. I'm about to, to, to change the, the, the dynamic real quick. Go ahead. Um, there's a woman. She has a, a a boyfriend. Right. Her kids come and telling her he touching them while she going to work. Mm-hmm. She don't believe the kids. Mm-hmm. The kids, they stand with other people now because they don't want to stay there. Mm-hmm. But she still, she still believe in this dude. What we do about that? There was a song that said, Mommy, Mommy, please don't leave me. Y'all may be too young. I'm seeing my age tonight because Chester might put his hands on me. 
I'm glad you said that. Listen, this is a national statistic, uh, March 25th, 2019. Some some statistics, you know, it's okay that you can you can use mm-hmm. if it's not that year because March uh, 2019 ain't that far removed from where we are right now. It says child abuse is 40 times more likely when single parents find new partners. Oh, wow. Wow. Child abuse. It's 40 times more likely when single parents... Sexually or physically? uh, Or did they bring both of them? Well, let me go down here to it for you. According to the U.S. census, because I said, you don't hear a little about a lot. We researchers. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to find us dropping some... Um, illegal data. You know, you got to <laughs> you got to fat check us here, uh, like Trumpy. Uh, the majority, nearly seventy four million children, ages eighteen and under, live in home with two parents, whether married or unmarried. Nearly twenty five percent of children in America live with a single parent, usually their mother. Though the number of children living with a single father rose from one percent to four percent. Oh, wow. Most divorced adults eventually cohabitate. Cohabitate means... Oh, boy, stand there. <laughs> Followed by listeners. Or remarry again. <laughs> For example, 75% of divorced women remarry within 10 years post-divorce. Yet the number is lower if the woman is a mother of a minor child. Now, I want to skip down to some stuff. The risk and harm of sexual or physical abuse is 38%, Will. Yes, sir. Those kind of family relationship dynamics. So as we shift this conversation from the mutual respect, love, and admiration of a step-parent, we now move to a cautious tale of being mindful of who you're loving and their role and responsibility and dynamic they have with your child so it's it's in my opinion it comes it's it has to do with a lack of respect um and it has it has to do with a change like if daddy was around dad and mom split up i'm just with mom me and dad had a cool relationship now she bring a new dude in um i ain't feeling dude i don't care how cool he is how how well he treats mom this is that another he ain't my dad he better not say nothing to me act like my dad i don't care if we don't move if, if him and mom is that got married or they done got serious in their relationship and we all living together that's not my dad i'm not paying old boy no attention and the disrespect comes into play now what i'm saying by that based off of your uh off the st- uh statistics that you looked up it's not no person, no person should put their hands on a kid. You should not put your hands on a kid. You should not be physically abusing a kid. That has a lot to do with insecurities. That has a lot to do with ego, um, and not being able to take, uh, um, not be able to take and accept criticism and and a, and a whole bunch of other things. It should never get physical between an adult and a kid, especially if the kid is not yours. Um, that's where that parent. The, the 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 biological parent in the situation that's where you have to um um have a meeting of the minds and you have to get everyone on the same page 
if you're a step parent, you don't come in trying to be that person's biological parent. You come in trying to you come in trying to show love and appreciation and trying to make sure that you're providing and uh, providing uh, a way to build a relationship that can flourish into a parent relationship. The biological parent must show the biological parent must show the the step parent in this situation the respect that the child is supposed to show. So it really all has to it all leads and falls on that biological parent. The biological parent also has to listen to the child in any cases mm-hmm. where the child say is any type of wrongdoing, foul, foul stuff taking place. Because if you don't, you have just now ruined the relationship on all parts. So that biological parent has to know and has to understand. You have to know the person that you're bringing into the home. Like, I know people I know people like to put a time limit on relationships and if we've been together this long, then we should be at this level and this point. You really don't know that person. It, it takes years. It's not because you, you have to know this person inside and out. It ain't just because they treat you good for the first six months that now you want to move on. No, you really have to know and get an in-depth feel for this person. You have to bring this person around your kids. You have to let that, you have to let them build a relationship. You have to see how that is because that can that can make or break a relationship. If you don't show that person respect, that step parent respect, it will it will ruin the relationship between your child and that parent because uh, that the child and the step parent, because at that point the child is looking, like I said, in my situation, I saw how my dad and my stepmom interacted. That let me know of what, of how I should look at that person because of how the interaction was with her and my dad. Once I seen the relationship and I seen how my dad treated, now I know what's allowed and what's not allowed. What is cool and what's not cool. So if you're not doing that, the relationship is doomed between the the child and the step parent. Um, and in any case, and in, and in any case of physical abuse or disrespect, it has to be handled ASAP. You have to talk about this, and you have to listen to your child, because I don't believe that a child will make something up like that. Yeah, you gotta get to you gotta get to the truth um, of it. Listen, so past October, I was in Birmingham, uh, Alabama um, for a week. And uh, this story made national news. Um, Was it October, January? January, I think I was in Birmingham. January, I was in Birmingham. Whenever I was in Birmingham. Okay, I was in Birmingham. I was in the Beeham. Shout out, Beeham. We do got some listeners. I'm down in Beham. Um, it was a story about uh, Camelia. Her name was Cupcake. That was her nickname. A little girl that was it made national news. Um, they found her body in the trash can, in the dumpster. Mm. And this is one of those stories that um, that we keep finding ourselves um, in the midst in, and it just leaves a sour feeling in my stomach and, and, and taste. This was a story of uh, you know the person, the lover that, of the mom, uh, abused and killed um, this young lady, and it made me take me back to my first year uh, working um, in in the classroom in Dayton. It was a boy, man. I kept noticing how he was slumping his chair and kept doing this to his shirt. So 
um, the co-teacher, because it was two teachers in the classroom, we pulled him to the side and we asked him um, what was going on. And he said his back just hurt, but he'd be fine. He got to stretch it out. So I noticed later in the day in the gym, they was playing basketball and he took a shot and a shirt came up and I saw burnt spots on his back. So I told the teacher, you know, because we are all educators and educators and people that work with children, you understand that you are a mandated court reporter. You know, if you see mm-hmm. something, you observe something, you have to do your best to notify somebody. Now, whether somebody else takes it to the next level or not, you know that it's off your conscience, professionally and personally. So this young man, not going to say his name, uh, whole shirt was burnt. I mean, his back was burnt. Uh, mom's boyfriend um, had abused him and burnt him with the, with the iron and other things. And then he got comfortable with us. He took off his shoes and his feet smelled so bad, and his socks. And Mom's boyfriend was disciplined by making him stand on space heaters. Wow. Right? So long story, go f- f- further down the road. One of my favorite things to do in education, because um, you know in our culture, in our community, uh, a lot of times black people, old and young, but especially young, they don't, we don't like to talk to people, right? Because we feel like somebody's always the enemy, especially social workers, Case management, uh, case managers, and therapists. So they would be at the school and they're supposed to meet with the child, children, jobs, and family services, and the kid would never open up. And I used to just ask one question. And I used to ask this in the class to everybody. And this question, as dumb as it may come off to some people, it provided so much information for us. And the one question I would ask them, I would ask students when I feel like some people really had a bad night and I needed to dive and investigate. I say, What did you have for dinner last night? That's it. That's the question I will ask. And from from asking that question, what did you have for dinner, it will give me the information. I used to tell the social workers, just sit in the classroom, don't say nothing. And just, you know what I'm saying, take what you need from what's about to get take place. And so this, so this, I had this one young man, he would say, you know, uh, dinner last night, um, I had some pizza. Um, mom bought it. And I look at the social worker. Did you get that? But he never put the connection together what Mr. Bailey was doing. But we now know mom's not supposed to be nowhere around him. Mom used to wait till dad would go to work and pop over to the crib to see a son that she was not court ordered supposed to see. Oh, wow. Because of of, a relationship um, and sexual conduct that she was inappropriate. Yeah. A lot of times we hear about men that uh, rape and molest uh, children. But it's a growing trend in America and the data supports it that women, and it's some black women, because this was a black mother that sexually abused her own child. I go around the room again. What did you have for dinner? Well, I didn't have nothing for dinner. Why not? Because I was in the house by myself. Oh, she's not supposed to be home by herself. Why? Because she's suicidal. Mm-hmm. She's an extreme cutter, and in her report, it says somebody must always be attended to this child. So I would tell the social workers sometimes, you know, you just got to go another avenue to get the information um, that you need. Right. And I used to get that tone, but just gotta, asking the it, question. It go back to what we said. What did you other, have for dinner? It go back to what we said the other day. You have to listen to the kids. Not only, yeah, you got to listen, but then you also got to find ways to investigate yeah. without coming Man, off as being hey, investigated. Yo, I. I, when I worked at uh, Rockdale, a kid came on a snow day. He came to school. Nobody wasn't supposed to be there. I, my dumb self, I woke up and went to work. <laughs> and wasn't nobody there but the damn 
custodian and shit. That's what happens when party time tone. The head of party time. <laughs> Girl wants to. That's what happens when party time tone has spent the night before Ooh. partying. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. This might be the last show. <laughs> no, but, um, you know, he came to school to get something to eat. So uh, he came. I went, like, why are you? And he walking in the snow, and it's, he don't have a... A oh, heavy bro. coat on. We know that. So I'm like, yo, what, what's going on? And he's like, I just came to school. I thought school was open. I'm, I need to get something to eat. And I said, all right, well, where your little brother? Little brother at home, by the way. He at home. I said, well, where your mom? I don't know. So I said, come in. I finished up what I was doing because I figured I'd just do some work while I was there anyway. <laughs> so I took him. We went to the... uh. To that, what is that? The the breakfast truck on uh, Burnett, man. That was man. That was shout out to J and W. That was the best, man. It's gone <laughs> now, I think, man. <laughs> but now uh, we went there. I got them some breakfast sandwiches. I had some uh, drinks in the trunk, like some uh, little parades. I gave them some of them, and uh, it's it was weird because it was almost like I was supposed to be there because before safe. no before we got. Before we got the uh, breakfast sandwiches, I asked him what he wanted to eat. He said, I want chocolate. I'm like, man, we ain't about to, you ain't about to get no chocolate. Dude, I swear to you, two minutes later, this dude knocked on my window like, hey, man, I got these Hershey's for sale. <laughs> it was two Hershey's. It was like two or three Hershey's, boy. I'm like, I'm like, man, I'm about to buy these for him because it, it must mean something. <laughs> so we got all that. I helped him carry the stuff upstairs. And... um. He opened that door, bro. It looked like a landfill in that joint, bro. I can I can just imagine, man. His little brother, he was only in the second grade. His little brother was only like four, and I was by himself. He trying to go get something to eat. You know what I'm saying? Like so, when I saw that, I just instantly was like, I don't know, man. It's just it's just like how can people do their kids like that? So, well, I don't, I don't, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, I don't know. And then, and I, and I know we talking about step parents, but but that brings back, those kids went somewhere else, of course, to stay because, and this may be going in another direction, but I had to say something. We mandated court reporters. I had, Facts. yeah, I had to. And they were gone in like a week. And he, I remember I didn't see him for like a week and he came back. He had on clean clothes. He had a haircut. He had brand new shoes on. And um, but the connection with his mom, he was like, "Man, I just want to be with my mom." Right. So a child, even though even through was, the mistakes, is going to want to ride with their parents. And so I want to, I want to, I know Will want to say something, but I want to <laughs> ask this question, and then we're going we, see because he, he's speaking. For, I want you to answer this question, and then you can go in the direction that you want to go with it. So, um, when you start dating, right? <laughs> no, I'm just saying not you. I know, it's just funny. When, do you, start, when, when, when you do start <laughs> dating, um, it says to go slow. One of my, one of my, one of my biggest pet peeves in life for anybody that know me is 150% Number one, I hate to see people do wrong by children. It's it's and I don't like saying hate. I always try to find the good in everybody. Nah, I'm, some I'm things you genuine, just hate. I'm a genuine lover of people, but this right here, 
Uh, children, I, I, I definitely hate it. I know I, I uh, had to cut some people loose. I don't know if she's still friends with me on Facebook or not. Who cares? But she's always on Facebook talking about, you know what I'm saying, what fellas ain't this and this and this. But every other month, you're moving another man in your house that you really ain't ran no top flight security clearance on. You ain't really picked up on tendencies uh, or anything. And so this young lady, uh, you know, out of the last three dudes she dated, two of them got arrested. Mm-hmm. Child abuse, mm-hmm. sexual misconduct. Oh, right. And so when you look the characters up in the system, they have previous cases. And so, yeah, I'm like, you know what? I can't associate with you. Because, you know, you made the mistake once, they make it again, those babies suffer mm-hmm. for life. You know what I'm saying? For for for, for life. And so uh, when people do date, now we're not sitting here as experts saying we got everything figured out, but what we can clearly speak about is the fact we, we, we know the babies when we see them at school. And, and the babies and the kids do talk. And we know when something is right, and we damn sure know when things is wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and, and whether it's women, mothers, or men, fathers, when y'all out here dating, right, I understand this whole nation, mama need a life too, and daddy need a life too. And they got to have a life, baby. And infatuation. <laughs> but damn that, you bought something in the world that some people wish they could have. That's a gift. That's a gift. And your responsibility is to safeguard well, that at all times. Now, what we do got, we got a lot of selfish parents. And people get mad at me when I say this. I say sometimes my happiness is, is, is in seeing my children happy. Right. Becoming a parent, whether you like it or not, you have to get to a level of being unselfish in your pursuit of your own personal happiness if it come at the cost and the welfare of your own personal child well-being. And some people are just selfish, irresponsible, immature, but we've seen a lot of our babies being emotionally scarred forever because somebody wants the thrill or the chase of the bedroom. Yeah, but you also got to look at this, though. You got to look at this. You also got to look at this, though. Um... But that it's not just of the bedroom, you know. It's when you get room. when you get when you get into your thirties and and you start feeling like you're missing out on something. So so now you start to settle for people just to say that you're involved inside of a relationship, and that that causes you to make bad choices and with who you're selecting, who you're bringing around your parent. I mean, who you're bringing around your kids, um, your kid. Like I I stated this earlier, like you don't really know someone, so you have to be. You have to protect precious cargo. Absolutely. You have to protect precious cargo so you can't just let anybody around your kids. Like you can't you can't do that. You can't allow people to make you can't allow people to to create relationships um with your kids if you don't know that they are really good for your kids. Man, I get I, okay, I get uncomfortable. I, I, I run I'm gonna let you go. I run background checks on on, on coaches. That's what my kid gonna play for. You got And listen, I've said this to people and other parents. There's some people that work for Princeton City Schools. 
that I just got a horrible feel from. Oh, and I let and I let cats know. Oh, and sometimes I done went to games and I have saw whether it's teachers or security guards a little too personable in, in, in people's spaces. And even in some kids, I feel like I'm the neighborhood parent. And I got no problem telling the grown man or woman that you need to back up. But you know, I get uncomfortable if I meet a woman. Like, I've, I've met women in the past <laughs> and you're around their kids like three days later. Like, man, what is going on? Like, now, I feel like if it happens something like, if it happens something like, okay, y'all see each other out and no, the kid is involved. No. no, I'm saying, I'm saying like stuff like that, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, but if, but no. if she is inviting you up to be around her kid this like real quick, like that's that that's like, man. It that's a red flag. And I, I know me as a person, like, but I'm like, man, yo, it is a red flag. Yeah, like, like that's a red flag. Who else should I had around it? Cause yeah, you just man. bringing me around. So, you don't even know me. I was dating an older uh Oh, that's not. Older person. I'm probably getting all kind of trouble because people are going to try to figure out who this was, but I don't care. You said an older person. She's older than me. Dang, right. but you like. Oh, don't do that. Don't listen, do that, TC. Don't do it like that, TC. This is during. Don't do it. Listen. Don't you explain yourself. This, is, this, was during, this was during college. Oh, no, I was about to say. And she was, she was older. I was she about was, to say, buddy, she like was like 45. I'm 38. No. She was out. Out of, you know, undergrad, master's, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? So two things I really don't like in life. Number one, y'all know, work week, you know what I'm saying, uh, not doing right by kids. Number two is when you um, constantly ridicule, try to shame other people, right? And you don't check your own self. Oh, I, yeah. I There's a lot of that going on. I got on. an issue with that. So one day, man, I'm just chilling. And I'm like, she always would talk about people, parents, and skills, stuff. And I'm like, wait a minute. It's seven days in a week. But then your mama got them six days out the week. <laughs> and you out here going to Atlanta and Miami and Vegas and shit and not, you know what I'm saying? And then I was like, wait a minute, here I am. You treating me like this. But damn, them kids living like that. And I was like, and I and I created my exit. Because I, I You exit, got to. I created my exit fast. And I came it's off, crazy. I came off as the bad person, but it was some things I I just I just didn't feel comfortable hey, but, with. But, uh, now, some people would have rolled that thing and said, you know what? She, she treat me like this. Fuck them kids. She's hey. the cussing tonight. But I'm, just, good, in a, I'm just in a mood. No, but but you got you have to, man. And, and a lot of a lot of unsolid guys will take that and just be like, all right, whatever, I'm yeah. around it. Nah, man, not me. I can't. And you know what? I ain't gonna say unsolid. I just I just move different. When I see if you bring me around your kids and it's the first <laughs> like few days, a week, a couple weeks. I'm like, man, even I'm even looking like even in the first few months, like it's that's a no go for me. What do you think? Oh man, go ahead. It's nah, a no go for me. I was huh? just saying, like, you just gotta be, you know, as we as, as we bring this uh topic to a close, like, it's important to it's important, like the, the step parent, the step parent role is important. You know what I'm saying? The step parent uh, role is important because, like I said, when you're as you get older and you start dating, majority of people have kids. Um, Absolutely. Majority of people have kids, so you so you you have to be wise and you have to understand who you're bringing around your kids. And if you get into a situation or to a relationship with someone, you have to accept that kid as it as your own. You cannot try to deny that kid or fall back from that kid. Um, and and in hopes of moving forward with the person that you're in a relationship with. Because that shouldn't happen because that kid has to go with you. Like, you know what you signed up for. 
But also, biological parents, when you're bringing someone in, you have to make sure that that person is not only right, but you have to make sure that that person is willing and, and is ready to be that parent role for your child. And you have to allow them, and you have to be on the same page with them, especially when you're cohabitating. Like, that is that is wildly important. And you have to listen to your kids. You have to trust your kids. When your kids say something is going wrong, you have to investigate it. And you have to encourage or empower kids, not only the biological parent, but the step parent. You have to let that kid know, if you ever feel that I am doing something that is wrong physically to you, then make sure you make sure you let me know or you tell somebody because I don't want to be in a situation where I feel like I'm doing something and you're comfortable. It could be a hug. It could be a kiss. It could be anything that you're trying to show affection to a child that you might perceive as yours. You have to let that, you have to, you have to encourage that child to make sure that they're speaking up because you don't want to get in any type of messy situation. And if you're a parent and your and your partner and, you, and and the person that you created a child with has moved on, get to know that person before you diss them or before you pass judgment on them to try to belittle them and 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 take them out of the role that they that 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 they are serving. Because if they are genuinely in your child's life and they are genuinely being a uh, being a parent and doing what they're supposed to be doing, you have to allow that to happen. Because if not, you then you should have stayed with the parent if you didn't want anybody else to be around your kid. Cool. Hey, so this is as you can see the versatility. Um, the serious tone. We still try to find a little humor in it. But in your own personal circles, conversation, these is conversations. Everything that we bring up each week on each episode, we hope that you take from it and you dive into it with your own community. And everything is led by respect. Because it's money, power, respect is the key to life. We'll be right back. Ladies, it's that season. Um, it's that season where you know you want to kick back and get groomed properly. Um, and I have a perfect uh, location for you. It's called Umber 87. It's an eclectic black-owned wax bar where body waxing and love for vinyl meet. It's located in OTR, and its sole mission is to dedicate to correlating and an experience, especially for your relaxation and rejuvenation. So while you are being waxed, you're listening to your favorite music. The atmosphere is, cu is curated to be a safe space to feel sexy and to be inspired to manifest your goals. You bring in any vinyl and you receive a discount off your service. We also promote health and wealth with the selling of CMOS, which is extremely important in these times. We want to make sure that we're practicing good health and building our immune system. This haven is created for people of color to be themselves and to express freely. Um, Umber87, um, you can look it up on Instagram, um, at Umber, U-M-B-E-R, 87, by... S-I-O-B-H-A-N. I repeat, on Instagram, you can look it up at Umber, U-M-B-E-R, 87, by S-I-O-B-H-A-N. Please check it out. 
Let's go, man. Come on, we, we man. still alive? Yeah, let's go. Oh, they over here trying to catch, man. <laughs> oh, soldier story, character looking. What's the soldier story? It's a movie. You, you done had too many watch. drinks, man. <laughs> Calm down, man. Enough. enough for you. You got enough room in the shorts. I had enough for you. I know you ain't talking about my shorts. We talk about them ears on your head. Oh. Don't you, di- don't you dare disrespect God's creation. Looking for Santa. <laughs> Hey, my grandma think I'm handsome, so I don't care what nobody Ooh, thinks. Hey, a lot of people thought uh, Gonzo off the Muppets was handsome. <laughs> oh. Hey, I got the picture, though. And I, I got the archives right now. <laughs> we go fill it up. I forgot. I... <laughs> let's go, let's go, let's yeah, go. We running out of tape. Let's we go. running out of tape and space. <laughs> Let's, Let's get serious. So we just left that last conversation, and now we want to dive right back into this last topic, but we want to make a, a, a detour. We got to turn down the street of child support. We got to address uh, an elephant, a concern in our community. I get sick and tired of being sick and tired of getting on social media, and we seeing um, people put so much focus on child support as if it is the big picture of taking care of the responsibility of a child. Let me tell you something. No matter how the child got here, it took two people to tango to make the child. So when you lay down, now some people don't want to hear this, and this is going to be very controversial, and I don't care. Don't call the FCC and try to get us removed. But women, you got to understand, when you lay down with a man, there's a chance you could end up being a single mother. That's facts. And, but but and, what, what, and fathers, no, let me finish. What's a single mother though? Because some of them call themselves single mothers, and yeah. they still got the help. Yeah, we got we got to differentiate. I don't know if we got enough time tonight between what's a single. Oh no, mother no, no, no. We can we can, we can, let, and let, a single woman. Okay, let, let's, let me finish this. Hold on, hold on, hold on, real quick. Cool, okay. You can tackle that. No, just single. Hey, if you're a, you're a single person, you're a single mother when you don't have any support from the father. You're a single woman when you and the father are not uh, in a relationship. But that person is still taking care and handle his responsibility as a father. Back to you, Al. Now, I know it's going to be that person. I, I, I disagree. So what? Should no man tell a woman what her qualifications or what she her role in a relationship? But y'all do it every day to us with them punk memes that y'all, memes that y'all post about what's a man, what a man should do, what a man should provide, and all that blah, blah, blah. And to the man, you got to know. That there's a there's a chance that you may be somebody's father when you lay down the good or the bad. Even if you like the uh, the the mother in that manner or not, you have to do right by the child. So there, we 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 address that. The the thing about child support that what bothers me is that when people get to a place in their relationship or parenting that they just can't be have a civil conversation on the basic welfare of the child. It seems like too many times often that child support comes into play, and I see it every day. I know some people right now that's going through this, that the, that, that the man has moved on um, with a relationship, and now the mother wants to go after child support. You didn't think child support? He left you six years ago. Now, six years in... And he finally decides to move on with somebody else. Or, you know, the shoe can be on the other foot. You don't want to take care of your responsibility, and then you do your your best to not get a workable job or provide the information, and you know that the court is looking for you. So we're we, we not just going to stand up here and come down on women. We're also going to come down on the men as well. But I just feel like I wish that parents can do their best 
to take care of this outside of the courtroom without having to involve the court. Because the court is taking out a, a piece of the change. You know what I'm saying? Uncle Sam, society, the friend of the court, whatever y'all may call y'all child support court, is going to make sure they take a piece of that puzzle out. And then they're going to uh, tell somebody legally, this is what your responsibility to this child is. And then another concern I have, we have students and people that we know in our family, friends, and students, players, or whatever, that they grow up, they graduate, right? They get child support. But, they, they, but the parent has nothing financially tangible to hand to them, whether they're going to trade school, college, or they're going to venture off and get an apartment, whatever, whatever. And that's why we got to come back to this conversation. 18 is not the right age, I feel like, to kick a kid out the house. That's a whole other conversation for another day. But to the people that's receiving child support for these children, make sure that you are doing something to put some dollars to the side for that child. And teaching that child about financial literacy. Yes, I understand that household got to be taken care of. But that child support check ain't to pay the rent. That child support check ain't to pay all the bills. That child support is to support the welfare of the child. Which I understand that the roof and the food and all that kind of stuff costs. Yes. I'm not trying to tell you what to do with your money. Because I don't like to be in people's pockets. I'm saying this from a personal and a professional level. It's pretty sad when you're working with students on about financial aid and they parent and receive Social Security disability, a child support, their whole life. And then when we come to the end of the road, well, now we got to have cookouts, barbecues, GoFundMe, cash apps, and all this other stuff to, 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 to send this baby off to school. Anybody want to get in on this? No, nah, I think you you are uh, you're definitely correct. I just think it's a uh, it's a tough and it's a difficult subject because you know if a woman has had if a, if a woman has three kids and only one parent and she's not with any of the fathers, let's say she has two fathers out of those three kids and um, only one of them is paying child support, but she still has to support three kids. I can see how that money is used to be spread across. I'm not saying that I'm I'm not saying that I'm uh, in agreement with it, but I can understand because one thing about one thing about uh, black people is that we're always in survival mode, so we're always trying to make sure that we are surviving. Um, but if you have an ideal situation where you are working and you're also um, collecting child support, that money should truly be used for the for the for the kid, and it should be used for the kid that when they graduate high school and whatever decision that they make, they're not leaving your house and broke. Right. Right. It should, they should, they should, if they if they, if you haven't received child support for however many years and it's been on time, then that child should be able, when they graduate, to take that money that is supposedly theirs, um, it's supposedly, supposedly to be spent on them. They should receive that money of, uh, upon finishing high school. So if they're going to college, it should be used for college tuition. If they're going to the military, it should be stacked in the bank. If they're going to, to the workforce or anything, it should be stacked in the bank so they can have a nice nest egg so they can be able to um, make a proper decision. They don't feel forced to do anything. The issue is that we mismanage these funds, and then when it comes time to try to do something, you don't have it. When you can be smart with your finances, and especially if you're receiving child support, to, to put some of that money up to make sure that the child is able to do whatever they want, um, and, they, and, and, and they're starting ahead. Like That's how we get ahead as a community, that once we have our kids being able to be ahead, once they graduate high school, that's how they can start 
if whatever they want to do, they're going into those. They're they're making decisions not based off of survival, but based off of things that they want to want to do and they're passionate about. Yeah, y'all touched on. <laughs> no, but um, for me, um, just being on the outside looking in at the whole child support thing, what are you doing, man? No, 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 don't worry, keep going. Keep going. No, 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 no. Push me. It's, it's, it's okay. Oh my god. But no, looking from looking on the outside looking in, man, um, the whole child support thing. Um, like I said earlier, there are people. Getting child support, and it's like, and this is men and women. Um, it's like they don't understand that the other person has bills too. You know what I'm saying? Like the other person has bills too, so uh, it's not you have to you have to really put yourself in in the other person's shoes. Uh, child support is a tricky it's a tricky thing, man. Like. You got you got people out here getting the money and like you said, they're not they're not really passing the um the money. They're not saving any money. But it's different, uh it's different I don't know, man. It, it depends on the, the the household, I guess, man. Like we can't really say say that, right? Because it depends on the household. Yeah, so that's why I said, like, if yeah. in an ideal situation, if the mom is working yeah. and she's receiving child support and right. things like but, that. But but like I said, but, they gotta have well, because because a, be a lot of people, a lot of people, the enemy I've, on this one. Right. I'm gonna be the enemy. I'm gonna play devil's advocate. I'm gonna be the enemy. I'm gonna be the bad guy on this one. That's not difficult. That's that's the. I mean, you no know. matter what the family dynamic is, that's no matter good. the other you, income that's coming in the household or not, if child support is coming in the house, there should be a rainy day fund set aside for that child. I don't want to hear no questions, no discussion about I got other kids. I got these bills. This child support ain't enough. Whatever is coming in the household, I don't even care if you taking five to ten dollars. Five to ten dollars. Mm-hmm. Take take ten dollars times twelve. And if you was robbed with that a few years, when that child turned eighteen, you know you may not got the scholarship to go here. But here's here's enough for you go get you a two year. Here goes something. All right. So my question is this. If a parent has four kids, she has four kids, right? And she's only and she and she might not be working, or she's working a job that's not paying, uh, truly paying enough for her to um, take care of all four of her kids, and she's receiving child support. She's supposed to leave those other kids out to dry, or to and when when she has this extra income coming in, in order for her to spread it across to her so, other kids. So, so this is what I, I saw when I worked for for the court system and as a case manager. Um, and it's sad to say this. When it's multiple kids, you always go after who got the best job. Or you make sure you go after the one that you feel like you can put a guilt trip on. Or you go after the one that you know his address ain't going to change. You look for the stability. And then you got some mothers that's afraid to go after the other kids' fathers because they know they may not be the caliber dead or they know they they, 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 they going to, you know what I'm saying, they don't want to put them on or put them on child support, it's going to lead to other issues. But listen, I, I feel like this. If you put one on, you should put all of them on. But what if the other ones ain't paying and you ain't getting nothing? So now, we've so, seen in some cases, we've seen in some cases that mother will go to court to ask for child support increase. And sometimes her case fails because she she mentions, and I saw this, I'm not, I'm not just making stuff up. 
I, I really saw this. She would say, uh, my my family dynamic, I your I, I got four kids. Mm-hmm. And depending on how the judge feel that day, the judge is gonna say, Yes, you got four, but you stand before me because of one. But you mm-hmm. know, you know what I, I have a problem with with child support? Is everybody that um like all the good fathers or good mothers or yeah, I can say good mother because there's a few cats out here that got custody of their kids, but um, they treat them all the same down at the child. Where what's that office down there? I don't know what it is. I don't want to ever see yeah, it. Yeah, I ain't never been. I ain't never gonna see it. Me. But <laughs> but they never told. Hey. I ain't never gonna see. It. I'm gonna say it. I'm speaking it into existence. Hey, it's gonna be people in y'all inboxes after this show. <laughs> so, uh, no, but do look, you remember me? <laughs> no, but they. No, they, I don't. Um, <laughs> right, right. No, but they. Uh, they treat. I hear the stories that the people down there treat them all the same, like the judges, and they treat them like they just all deadbeats and they're not. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. There are deadbeats out there. There are some scumbags out there. Listen, shout out to my guy, brother Quincy, who's going through the court system right now. He he wanted to get more time, more with, with, with his child. He want and it said that most men, you have to start your yo, it's not it's, he had to start with looking for full custody just to get shared parenting. Right? So the baby, Grace, is about to get ready to be one years old. The mom comes to the conclusion, okay, I'm going to one-up you now. So everything been fine. He's been giving probably more than what she would get under child support. But now she throws up, I want child support. Because this father just wants more time with his kid. And so the judge said, get out of here. Y'all go back and try to work this out. Or you ain't going to like the way I'm going to work it out for you, young lady. And we need more of that in, 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 um, in the courtroom. But whether it's child support. Taxes, um, stimulus, uh, whatever, food stamps. You got to um, start using funds in the right direction. Talk man. Let's to him, get, Willie from Philly. Let's get into it, man. Like, we got to start using the funds in the right direction. We can't be living off of right now. And I know in certain cases, like, you receive a, uh, if you, if you haven't been living the life that you feel like you're destined or you feel like you're supposed to and you, and you, and you receive a lump sum of money, no matter if it's valid or not, you can't just instantly start spending that money on frivolous things. Like, you, we have to think different. Like, okay, let's say if I received a stimulus check that I didn't deserve. I shouldn't just go out and just start spending that money on clothes and this, this, that, and other and start getting fly. Let's start buying some property. Let's start buying some land. Let's start buying some things that that we can really use, that, that that's needed, and that can continuously bring us income for the future. Like, let's start trying to think and get ourselves ahead. Like, I'm not a financial expert. Like, I've messed up a lot of money before. But I know now that if I... <clears throat> What I'm doing with my money now, and if I come across a a, a nice lump sum of a lump sum of money, I'm going to invest it in something that I know that can bring me more money down the road. Like we have to start thinking like that. I've seen and witnessed a lot of people. So you talking about the come up? Don't blow it. Yeah, don't blow yeah. the come up. Like if 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 Uncle Sam or if, if 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 you get a stimulus package and it's giving you. And it's giving you, and, and let's say you got a small business and your business is not, you know, functioning anymore, but you still got the small business loan. F them trips going out of town, man. It's property that you can buy. Facts. 
It's things that you can buy that can bring different, that can bring money down the road. Like, let's start being wise with our money. Like, we can't have these, um, 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 we can't have these, uh, we can't just go after our wants. Like, we have to start focusing on needs. And we have to start focusing on ways to set our kids up for the future. Like, a lot of us will not be, um, wealthy. We may be able to be rich. But we will, we may not be able to be wealthy, but our kids and the generation behind us can if we set them up properly now. And that's how we have to start thinking. We have to start thinking to set them up properly if you, now. If, if you get lucky, break the cycle. Facts. Whether you got lucky directly, indirectly, or straight scheming. Hey, hey, break the generational curse. Talk yeah. to us about scheming, Tom. What's on your mind? Oh, man. Talk to I, us. I got cats mad at me right now because I... um. That post on Facebook? Yeah. Oh, I remember that. I said something. Because <laughs> it's, 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 I know people that, that needed the unemployment, man, and and um, they couldn't get it. And then there's cats out here that didn't need it that got it. Um, and they talking about I'm watching pockets. It ain't about that. It's just about me just letting you know that you taking out of another person's, black person's pockets that needed that money. Because you being greedy and you you lying about what you what you doing and and to get some unemployment money, it ain't even meant for you. But Cash, if you get Cash, it, but I get that. But let me let me finish this point. Yes, sir. Cash was saying to me like, uh, well, you watching the pockets, you hating, um, you know, just let them get their money. Like it's, it's it is what it is. But these same cats would be like, you know, if somebody out here. You know how the streets work. If somebody out here robbing somebody, taking the money, their energy done changed, though. When they mm-hmm. doing the same thing, they taking from other people, other black people that need that money. You know what I'm saying? And that's all I was saying. I, and then if you do get the money, like you said, do something productive with it. That's it. Do something productive. That's Bring it. other people up with you. Go, Y'all go do, get some property or get some... Do something. Man, the key is to something. make sure. Yeah. It, nobody is hating when they saying that. It's just, it, that's weird to me. Like, if you beat the system and you was able to get a couple extra dollars that you weren't rightfully supposed to get, whatever, that's cool. That's what's up because a lot of people in our culture need that. But let's do something with it. Like, let's do yeah. something with it. Don't be on IG. Don't be on social media stunting for the gram or stunting for Facebook talking about, oh, yeah, we taking trips and we doing this, we doing that. Forget that. You got that money? I'm about to be quiet. I'm about to go and talk to some financial advisors. I'm about to go and talk to a couple of people. I'm about to start putting stuff into a business. Let's go and buy some property so my property can pay for my rent. So while I got this job, I can stack that money up and start being able to spread it and do some things that's going to bring out, that's going to bring us some 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 form of wealth that we need in our communities. Like Man, we have to we have to think like that. So when somebody is calling you out for being stupid. Don't be mad but, at them. But this is the thing. People be talking about we need a black community, right? But there, we can't have a black community without collectivism. You can't always think about yourself and he what you need. Words. You can't, though, right? Someone's been in their dictionary this in week. Dictionary, baby. <laughs> Come on, man. Shout out to Tom. <laughs> you can't, though. Hit him with a round of applause. You can't. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> But you can't have that have a black community without that man, because it's too much individualism, man. It's like it's all about me. 
But no, if you want to, if we want a, a black, a, a black self-sufficient community, yes, sir. Like you see in uh, Chinatown in these bigger cities, and you see uh, Korean Town and little Italy and all these different little little uh, neighborhoods that's self-sufficient. The money stand in that neighborhood. Then you have to have some sacrifice. You have to have some collectivism. It's not always about you. And a lot of these people that's out here making moves like that with the scheming and scamming, just thinking about themselves. And you can't always think about yourself. That's just what it is. It, it that's just what it is at the end of the day, man. Now that's a fact, man. So we just telling y'all, man. Uh, let's try to be a little more. Uh, let's let's be a little bit more wise with our with. With funds, like if we get if we if we get opportunity to get the get the come up, let's do something with it. Let's do something and, with and it. nobody is hating because they trying to tell you, you know, we I I think we tell you, you know, I think we talking as if we're talking we concerned. logical. We're talking logical. Yeah. We speaking about group economics and doing things the correct way. But at the end of the day, we can't tell people what to do with their cheese. We can't. We can't. And we, we can not, get suggestions. And we not watching watching your pockets. Your pockets don't do nothing for me. Hey, all I know is this, though. If you got a little lump sum and you was out of town spending your little money on vacations and Gucci's and stuff, and they come back and get that money, I am going to giggle a little bit. Oh, we're going to light you up. I ain't going to light you up. Because I understand understand you might have wanted to live that lifestyle for one time in your life. Breakfast Club, we day. We adding something. But I am going to sit back as I sip my wine and giggle. Yeah, because then they're going to be looking at you, sir. Looking sideways when they trying to come. You can't scan the government. I mean, they gonna get it. However, they gonna get it. That's just what it is. So put but. some cheese up just in case they come back for it. And that just was what it is. A little about a lot. And we'll be right back with our wine selections of the night. Is it what's it? What's good? Oh, we up? Oh, that, that's that wine. We live? Are we live? <laughs> <Stop it. laughs> oh, that's Are good. we live? That's that wine, man. Go ahead, Tony. Oh, so, uh, hold on real quick, though. This wine was the best, bro, because I felt good. I oh, felt go ahead, good brother. This one, man. It's uh, called Odo's Constant Dream. It's out of New Zealand. Uh, it was a white dry wine. It was it was good. It got it got us got us started off real good. Got us started off real good. Got got Al over here trying to cap and stuff. But we're gonna leave it at that. We're gonna leave it at that. I'm I'm done. I'm done. Right. Hey, I feel like man. that wine that you got, like we, we talked about it a little bit and I read the, the, the back, like the pairing for it. Yeah. It's kinda like a summertime wine with some cheese, like Will was saying some. Oh, you you gonna get you gonna add it. So, yeah. He said hors d'oeuvres, that's the uppity. <laughs> yeah, we just got it. Uppity nigga, hey, man. Everybody know I'm bougie, so. Oh, now he bougie. Okay. I've been bougie. So I'm... I got the uh, what you say, Mala? Mala, you can't Mala read. Mala Vida. Are you teaching? Hey, I'm just saying. You can't. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why I got why I picked this bottle. Oh. Use your it's sound. Important. <laughs> Use your sounds. Uh, Vanguard wines. I wonder if Vanguard. Use your uh, sounds. The, the company. Oh, M. M is for, <laughs> bro. Go Mike, ahead, bro. Drop you on your head. Nah, but that's that's Mala Vida. It's from uh, Vanguard Wines. I wonder if Vanguard, the, the financial company, got something to do with this. Columbus, Ohio. Blue oh, that's the how it comes. Um, This is a. It was a red wine. It was kind of cool. 
You know what I'm saying? It was, I think this was our second wine we drank tonight. Hey, man. Third. Third one. Um, it's all right. Uh, here okay, come, so. Here comes the wine you know, connoisseur. I, uh... I guess I've been uh, dedicated as the person who uh, talks about the wine that was trash. And trust me, we're not trying to do trash wines. It's just something that's happening. Like, we just really are testing out new wines each and every uh, week. So this was called the Maverdaphne. I'm sorry, I can't pronounce it right. But <laughs> at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it ain't even that important. It's a, it's a Greek wine. It's a sweet red wine. It was trash. It tastes like cardboard mixed with syrup. I was not a fan of it. I will never drink this again. This might have been the worst wine that I have had. Well, um, hold on now. Wayne would have loved that wine. I have, this might have been the worst wine that I have had uh, in a while, and I've been drinking wine for a while. Oh, uh, really? Uh, yeah, this this is easily top, top three wow. worst wines, and it ain't second Damn. or third. <laughs> but... Uh, we also was able to uh, uh, drink a, another wine as well, and this is called Troublemaker um, by Austin Hope. Um, it's a red blend um, from Central Coast, California, and to me, it's delicious. I love this wine. Um, he said it's delicious. Yeah, it's delicious. It, 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 it's delicious. not. Hey, listen, it's not 19 <laughs> Crimes. It is not 19 Crimes, but... Um, if I can't find 19 crimes, this is definitely what I'm going to grab. So it's Troublemaker. Um, it's a, it has a red label. Um, and in between that label, it has Troublemaker written on the bottle. So uh, please. It's a uh, picture on our uh, ID of it. So. Absolutely. Ooh, this has to be. Drake. No, oh. yeah, hecky nah, hecky nah, 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 nah. <laughs> we ain't doing that. This is like, um, ooh. that's silk the shocker trash. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I ain't want to say it, man. No limit. I ain't want to say it, but yeah, that's silk the shocker. Yeah, this might be silk the shocker. Uh, hey, bro, Mims. No, this is Mims. Nah, this is why I'm hot. This Mims. Yo, this is Mims. To end it, bro. I went to Columbus to see Scarface. He had silk the shocker on the on with him, bro. Trash, <laughs> but you know what? Shout out to No Limit. But shit with the soccer was. But at the end of the day, um, this has been um another episode, episode six, um, and like that, we're out. See you next Monday. <laughs> Little bottle lot. Sorry.
You got two big beautifuls in the pocket. <laughs> 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 Not an Undertaker sit up. 